0: Hi, thanks for hanging in there with us. And let's congratulate Tyler on his graduation from college. That's not easy in regular times. Pandemic times made it even more challenging. Again, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and let your friends know about us. Just a quick correction from the last episode. In listening back, I realized I said that reforming the mental health system would take several professionals with time and energy to put their heads together for a solution, but that's incorrect. What's really needed is for professionals to stop thinking we know better and let those who have experienced the system from the inside, the mental health consumer, speak personally to what needs fixing and how they would be better served. I just wanted to throw that in there. A content warning for this episode. Today, we'll discuss topics of trauma and abuse, as well as faith and spirituality. Please listen only as you're comfortable and take care of yourself.
1: Ever since i can remember i you look you've...
0: so funny <laughs> <laughs>
1: tell the audience what i look like you,
0: well you're in your shorts and your socks and you're, and then also my ridiculously large straw cowboy hat because tyler said do you have a hat my hair is too long <laughs> and he tried on all of the normal hats in the house and settled on the very large straw cowboy hat yeah I grew up in Philadelphia, an Irish Catholic in an Irish Catholic neighborhood, second of four kids, which was a low number for the time. We were raised to be pro-union, pro-cop, sorry about that one, pro-eagles, anti-Dallas cowboys, still pretty bummed about the Kennedy assassinations, hardworking, opinionated, but rarely emotionally vulnerable, you get it. We went to Catholic school as kids, late 80s, early 90s, and now there seems to be fewer nuns, but then they were a big part of Catholic schooling. Our school had notoriously scary nuns, the kind of nun most often depicted in the movies. You know, the knuckle-smacking, ear-pulling kind of nun, the nun that makes you kneel in the corner with a dictionary in each hand. And like, maybe it wasn't as draconian as all that, but archetypes are born of reality. The principal of our school was Sister Mildred, and I know that sounds so stereotypically terrifying you might think I'm embellishing, but you can look it up. Our Lady of Calvary, on Knights Road in Philadelphia, Sister Mildred Chesnavich, hell, I'll put a link in the show notes to prove it. Sister Mildred wore Reebok sneakers and a school sweatshirt over her nun frock. She would walk onto the schoolyard, blow a referee whistle, and shout, yo, and every friggin' kid would snap to attention like a marine regimen. I thought this lady was the shit. Wanna know what my favorite movie was as a kid? Sister Act. Want to know what my second favorite movie was? Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, starring a young Lauren Hill. Then, I think it was in maybe sixth grade, a nun in a pink habit and Birkenstocks came to our school from her mission in Guatemala. She was a decidedly sweeter, gentler kind of nun. She told us about living in community with her sisters, working in concert with those fighting the Mayan genocide in the early 80s. Then, she played a bunch of songs on her acoustic guitar, and it was decided. I wanted to be a nun when I grew up. Like, really bad. Like, stay up at night, praying about it, like, read the Bible and catechism and get very into religion and take this shit very seriously. I also remember feeling so relieved that not only had I found my true vocation, but now I didn't have to grow up and get married to some dude and have his gross babies. I could live with all women and play acoustic guitar and wear my Birkenstocks and, I know, That was a cute little bit of foreshadowing that God did because yeah, all that nun stuff was really just gay stuff. And I'm a comedian, so I can find the humor in that now. But that time in my life where I started to wake up to what was really going on with me and I became more and more aware of the atrocities and hypocrisies of the Catholic Church and I couldn't reconcile not only my queerness but also my burgeoning leftist politics with my faith. That time in my life hurt my connections with my family and friends and community, my sense of self, it all had to change. Not to mention that my very close friendship with Jesus and his mom and all his buddies evaporated into thin air like it never really existed because it didn't and none of it was real. Then to unpack all of my insecurities and backwards ideas about gender roles and sexuality and sin and shame and guilt took a long time. It felt like grieving a sudden significant death and being pulled physically apart and abandoned by everyone all at the same time. Today, Tyler and I will talk about our religious upbringings, the impact it had on our mental health, our development as comedians, and as adults seeking meaning in a space where our former faiths no longer serve us. This is part one of a two-part episode on faith, recovering from religious trauma, and embracing spirituality in a way that heals rather than further wounds. So thanks for sticking with us. We're so glad you're here. You're listening to The Cure with Audrey Marsh and Tyler Weggart. If we're looking at the way that, that, you know, Jesus as a person, whether or not there's, like, I, I... I really am not qualified to talk of this yeah, because I don't believe it at all. I think it's hooey.
1: I think there's historical proof that there was a man named Jesus who was born in Nazareth who lived and died, but there's no, obviously, historical proof that he rose from the dead or
0: whatever. Right. And there's actually no historical proof that he was even, like, going around prophesying or, like preaching to people there's no okay. historical proof of that and also that there's like a whole lot of mythology there's behind similar, jesus yeah. it's very similar to other ancient religions there's a yeah. book called the jesus myth hypothesis which i read uh-huh. as like as i was like slowly losing my faith yeah and it really fucked me up i'm yeah. all better now yeah. but like oh man that really I'm upset me i'm in the process me. of getting better <laughs> yeah yeah so uh but yeah the, the jesus myth hypothesis and like basically all of the things that possibly would be credible about the the life and death of Christ are are all just myths that have existed through like ancient Babylon. Yeah. That that
1: uh. Like in Mesopotamia just, and stuff. Yeah. Too, yeah.
0: And it it just kind of like fucked with my understanding, even as I was coming to terms with being like where I was kind of not, I want I don't want to say like losing my faith, but I was like mm-hmm. waking up yeah. to some of the things that I was just indoctrinated to believe that mm-hmm. I didn't believe anymore and some of the ways that I had developed a lot of self-hatred related mm-hmm. to the things that that religion had bestowed on me. or yeah. and I, and it, In my case, it wasn't actually like, um, I don't think that, when I think about like the grand scope of what the Catholic church has done to other people, I think yeah. like, Ooh, I made it out. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, but I do feel like some of it, especially like growing up knowing that I was different, knowing that I was gay, mm-hmm. uh, but not really having the words to put to that. And even like trying to maintain my faith and trying to deny my gayness Yeah. As a kid was really like because of religion. Yeah. really fucked with me um to the point where like as as a you know in my mid 20s like even older than than you are now I was mm-hmm. still like really grappling with whether or not I was a person of faith. Yeah. Um and my de- what I've determined is that no I'm not but yeah. I we talked about this a lot like I am I don't feel qualified to have any say in what what the universe yeah. is. I love that Pete Holmes special, where he says like, um, he says you know like, there are people who say that there's an afterlife. They're you know the people who think there's no afterlife think the people who think that there, there is an afterlife is ridiculous and like how could you think that like that's a fairy tale that couldn't yeah. exist that doesn't make sense at all and he's like no what else doesn't make sense fucking this, this like life, yeah, that we have hot that, dogs that, and roller yeah. skates yeah, that's a, it's a great line yeah. that like uh, I, I think about that all the time like you know we, we can't answer that question how yeah. could we
1: yeah no I totally agree
0: with that I don't believe in ghosts though <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so all right, the so you're exorcist. 19, you were 19 when you saw the exorcist. Yes. And I want to know like did it do something to you cuz that movie seems very particularly caustic for Catholics, but I don't know yeah. like how did how did you experience I mean, like, the exorcist?
1: Like we were like taught like in like a uh, like in church that like demons were like real things. Mhm. Do they do they do they do that when? Oh yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah,
0: demonic possession. Yeah, you learn about that like in first grade, where they're like, really? the devil will possess you if you listen to rap music." <laughs>
1: <laughs> we never got like it, not not that well. That, and for like us. also,
0: they tell you like fucked up stuff like, like, uh, do you know what the stigmata is? I've heard about it. But so I don't know. so the stigmata is like where people who are particularly pious. Start to develop the wounds of Christ on the cross, so they'll like bleed around their head where the crown of thorns was, or they're bleeding their palms where the nails were driven in, or they'll bleed at the tops of their feet. It's the wounds of Christ start to develop on the body. So this sounds I like wish,
1: a, I wish you could. I wish the audience could see my face,
0: right? Right. Now. <laughs> yeah. you look like, really upset about it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, many of the saints, uh-huh. what you start to learn about when you're like in first and second grade. Yeah many of the saints develop the stigmata. And what they say about the stigmata is that it it is representative of the spiritual warfare that demonic forces are enacting upon your body because you are a favorite of God, similar to like Job. So, yeah. huh. so they'll torture you in the way that Christ was tortured. So, so like, it's like a test. Right. So here's the thing that you learn when you're a little Catholic child like me. You learn that if you're bad, demonic forces can possess you. But if you're really, really good, demonic forces can attack your body and torture you in the way that Jesus was tortured during the Jesus during the passion. Christ. Yeah.
1: No pun intended. But, like, so, I, I mean, if I was that, I'd just be like, I just want to be, like, a middle-of-the-road Catholic. But, you <laughs> right, know, right. Like- so,
0: there are a lot of middle-of-the-road Catholics, and Catholics get accused frequently of being kind of, like, they don't read the Bible, or yeah. they don't, you know, that there's, they, they don't really understand the, the canonical facts of the Bible or okay. of the faith, the Christian faith. I was not raised that way. Uh-huh. My... My mother particularly and her parents were like Catholic, 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 Catholic. And they wanted us to know all of the like kind of very like buh noodles in and outs of the Catholic faith. And it's kind of always been like an interest of me because I like I bought it hook, line and sinker. I was like I was into it until I was probably like. 17 or 18 years old even after it had that's come like out
1: when I, that's like when i started yeah. the
0: degradation of my faith right and uh it so just i was like
1: i'm horny <laughs>
0: <laughs> it wasn't even that like i was yeah. uh, like i was already having sex with girls but like lucky <laughs> <laughs> um it there like i was just particularly interested in the like the rituals of the catholic faith and the uh, which there are a lot, and they're weird. Like, um, what's up
1: with that cup they keep pouring shit into?
0: The chalice.
1: Yeah, I went to with my ex girlfriend. She's like, I want you to come to mass with me, and I was mm-hmm. like, fine. And then, like he kept like pouring shit into different shit. Right. So and I was like so confused.
0: So they actually, um, I think they're called decanters, and okay. one is one is wine, and one is
1: that sounds like a Narnia term.
0: Yeah, but it's. Uh, well, like
1: the white witch and her decanters. It's <laughs> come actually across it, it, as it's not land. a it's not a
0: religious term. A, de, a yeah. wine decanter is like something that you it's usually shaped like kind of like a bell. Yeah. And you pour wine into it, and it lets the wine breathe. But in the Catholic Church, the decanters kind of look like uh like little pitchers, you know, like yeah. little little crystal pitchers. So those little decanters, um, one is like a really sweet wine, and sometimes it's vinegar, but sometimes it's um. It's just water yeah that they that they kind of like mix together during what they call the consecration. So you mm-hmm. guys you, did you do communion in your yes. church? okay yes. when you guys do communion in your church, it's Assemble. symbolic yeah when Catholics do communion, yeah, they actually <laughs> believe that during the consecration, that the the host, which they call it the host, because it actually it's like a like in Predator, um, the yeah. host like it holds the actual physical body of Christ, and that the wine is the actual physical blood of Christ. Yeah. If you do your research, and not just like not like QAnon, do your research. But if you do <laughs> your research, that's that's also a tradition of ancient Babylon, like uh, okay. to to believe like. That you could,
1: Eat that you could perform
0: of- a ritual that would then have you ingest the body and blood of the gods. Yeah, carried over to the Catholic Church, um, and that's mostly because the Catholic Church was a direct, had direct lines to other ancient religions because mm-hmm. it's kind of one of the oldest traditions yeah. in Christianity.
1: It's the first church, right? It's yeah. the first
0: church. Actually, the first country that was Catholic was Ethiopia, which is why a lot of the really old medieval paintings that you see of, especially the Madonna, she's Who, black.
1: Who's the Madonna? Mary, the mother uh, of
0: Jesus. I could teach you so much about Catholics and it's yeah. weird. It just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Yeah. So yeah, so that that's that's what they're doing with those little... Um,
1: Wait, so is Madonna like the singer Nate? Uh, well Madonna Ma- I think
0: Madonna is actually her given name, right?
1: Okay, I have no idea. Uh she's a, like a virgin, like <laughs> Mary.
0: Well she did a did lot, I, yeah. she had a lot of like religious um imagery in her in her music videos specifically. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. like the uh the video for Like a Virgin, which is awesome but felt so much like sinning when i was a child yeah um i don't think i've seen it has like a a black christ figure like that's supposed to be a statue and then he comes to life and then they're Mm. yeah uh it's a good video it um gave gave young lesbian audrey some feelings (laughs) (laughs) like i was sinning but also not hating it
1: yeah (laughs) That's how I was when I watched uh, that one of those Beyonce music videos on the uh, DVD extras of the Pink Panther DVD <laughs> when I was like nine. It's like I feel like this is a sin because she's dancing in a very non-christ-like way.
0: This is totally this doesn't have anything to do with religion, but uh-huh. there's a singer. he's kind of like a crooner type, um, crooner type singer of the '90s. His name is Chris Isaac. Chris Isaac famous crooner of the 90s had this video uh-huh. and in the video it's like you know it's like a romantic song mm-hmm. but in the video it's basically it's like it's porn yeah this video is porn mm-hmm. um and <laughs> it used to be on bh1 all the time it's like it's chris isaac and this woman in like almost nothing like yeah. rolling around on the beach like just fucking on the beach. Yeah. And the video used to be on VH1 all the time. And I was probably like, I don't know, like maybe 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, I really like Chris Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get a Chris Isaac CD. <laughs> and, then, and then like, I think I was probably like in my 20s. I was like, you dumbass. Mm-hmm. like You were just like sitting in front of VH1 For at your, birthday, your neighbor's house. going to buy you a Chris. Chris Isaac, Isaac CD? CD. Okay. All right, can we pause this? I'm gonna show you this video. Yeah. <laughs> this is the part where Tyler and I paused to watch the nineteen eighty nine video of Chris Isaac's Wicked game, which bless me, Father, for I have sinned That video is way pornier than I remember, and I feel weird about watching it with my twenty two year old friend All right, so I
1: showed me a weird video <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what made me gay. <laughs> Chris Isaac made me gay.
1: I'm gonna buy you a Chris Isaac CD. You don't with, want it with that song on it.
0: Well, it's it's from the album Wicked Game in 1989.
1: I'm gonna like buy you like a poster, and it, you're gonna <laughs> hang it on like. I'm
0: gonna put it up, yeah.
1: Like no, like right, like next, like on your ceiling, so like every day you wake up and it's gonna be like signed to Audrey by Chris <laughs> Isaac.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Then Emily will get jealous.
0: Well, I just want to be clear that it wasn't Chris Isaac that I liked about that video. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's why I think it would be funny if he signed it and not the girl in the video. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she has a name, Tyler. None of us know what it is, but I'm sure she hasn't. I just was looking up. I was trying to remember the name for it, but... So, the the so the, the unused... Communion wine, Mm -hmm. and um, the uh, the sometimes like the the host is um, what do you call it like diluted in water because like it doesn't all get used at the at the mass so they have a special sink um, used for the disposal of like sacred substances like the so it's called i had to look it up because i couldn't remember I'm what it was trying
1: called trying so hard to not laugh right
0: now, right so. i know but it's called a, a sacrarium so the sink is <laughs> has a cover and a basin and fish live in it and a special and a special pipe and a drain that emptied directly into the earth rather into the sewer system so yeah
1: what
0: yeah and it, there's one in every you church
1: directly into the earth well like a reverse well
0: Oh, no, well, it's no. Like I mean, it just is like it's probably just like a pipe down into the ground, so that it doesn't go through the sewer system with all the poop and pee. Isn't and what and fracking is? <laughs> no, that's not at all what fracking is. <laughs> but I mean, I guess. Then edit that
1: part out. That was good.
0: I guess you know fracking, that happens in northeastern pennsylvania where a lot of people are catholic probably some of what is fracked or like the fracked waste probably is disposed of sacred materials Mm. like consecrated
1: like where do they get these ideas from like that's that's not in the bible is it
0: no not at all no a lot of the catholic stuff isn't in the bible but it is in like ancient medieval texts on how to do catholic stuff
1: did like did you like read other stuff besides the Bible?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, like there's like books of catechism, and there's like a books of the saints and stuff like that. But.
1: Like even though I was raised in like a religion that I think now is crazy, like this seems like even more
0: crazy. It's I mean, <laughs>
1: which is weird because yeah. I know I have there's a lot of crazy shit.
0: When when you really kind of like start to talk about it. that's why I said like when we talk yeah. about Mormonism and you're like they believe some crazy stuff and I'm like not that crazy yeah. because if you think about it like if you break down anything yeah if you break even if you break down Judaism like which
1: yeah, every religion like has like yeah. crazy shit it's
0: like hmm yeah that'll that'll make you go and so it doesn't seem that far off except that it is it's less different
1: right and it's also less ancient yeah. so
0: so Mormonism does seem kind of wackadoo but then you're like oh is it any more wackadoo than you know in the burning
1: bush right
0: yeah 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 and the answer is definitely no that's why like you know i don't think the scientologists by any stretch of the imagination are correct but also i like that sarah silverman joke where she's like it's a religion run by a guy named ron Like the Elrond was he's he called himself Elrond because it was too silly to have a religion uh, run by a guy named Ron. (laughs) Um, But like, yeah,
1: maybe maybe people thought he was Latino.
0: (laughs) Elrond. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know hardly anything about Scientology and even trying to watch like the documentaries and stuff about it makes me Mm.
1: really uncomfortable. Yeah, I watched uh, Going Clear and it's. I did see a lot of like similarities between like that and Mormonism and like the sense of like, if you leave, like they will like fuck you up.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would like to talk, I do know that there are certain factions of, um, ex Mormons, especially, uh, LGBT ex Mormons. Mm -hmm. Um, that, because it is such an insular faith and it's, um, I think, it becomes so much a part of your culture, similar to mm. like Catholicism. Yeah. I think. Because uh, I never
1: really had that, like a cultural identity with right. Protestant being a Protestant, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean it's Yeah. It's just so waspy. What yeah. would what would the culture be? Mayonnaise?
1: Yeah, just white people. <laughs> There's this lady at my just work. White people and guilt and yeah. horrible nineties rock music. <sighs> yeah. Christian bands.
0: Oh my god. i had a time where because it it was still a catholic church but uh i i was um in the like kid church it was like it was like catholics like catholics being cool because we're teens we're teen cool catholics yeah um we were not cool i want you to know we were only cool amongst each other and then we went into the real world and we were not cool Mm -hmm. but um the we played it was mass at night on Saturday nights. Um, which is a thing, you know, you yeah. can go to, you can go to church after sundown and it still counts as your Sunday obligation. It's yeah. a real thing. Um, it's a mortal sin to miss church on a Sunday. Uh, but, I um, mean,
1: you go to hell if you don't do it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, a mortal sin, no, you can be, you can be forgiven of mortal sins, but a venial sin is like, a you sin, but you didn't mean to sin. um, and a mortal sin is premeditated.
1: And you can't be forgiven of premeditated sin? No, you
0: can be forgiven. Okay. But it's a bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah. And if you die with a mortal sin on your soul, then you go to hell. Yeah, or I, can purgatory. Get, I can
1: get why Catholics are stressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why... Uh, I think it's also why we uh, tend to i don't know i think i think catholics catholics seem to be more fun to me like when i think of protestants i think of and maybe that's just because i I self-identify as more fun
1: i think catholics are more fun yeah i think
0: we're like more fiery and we have you know like a especially like Like, pretty devout have that like
1: stereotype of like catholic girls are crazy like have you heard oh
0: no that i haven't heard but but I always think... I always
1: think of... Like, think like of, in bed type shit. Oh! Like, like, I've heard that stereotype a lot.
0: The Catholics are crazy in bed?
1: Like Catholic girls, like, because of all the repression and shit.
0: Hmm. I mean, what do you guys do with your repression? You just lay still.
1: Yeah, and just... <laughs> Pete Holmes called it, like, the timid slide. <laughs> 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 like, they're, he said that he's like, they're even, like, embarrassed they're even doing it.
0: I had sex with a, <laughs> a married evangelical Christian. Um, it's not my finest hour uh, uh-huh. that I was um, participating in a married evangelical person's infidelity, um, mm. and I I will say that there was a lot of sexual repression. Yeah. Present. Was They're, it bad? You kind of. I mean yeah. it no, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just a lot to overcome with yeah. this person because you could tell that they wanted so much to explore yeah. sexuality and also explore like queerness and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff.
1: Was she married to a man? Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Actually, the husband caught us kissing in a car, and oh. it really ruined our lives for a second. We also worked together. I was their boss. Um, oh, it it caused a stir. It, like I said, it's not my finest hour. But yeah. what I do think, sorry, of, I
1: fucked a thirty year old witch. We're all human.
0: <laughs> I mean, we were like, who was also married. seeing? Oh, well, I mean, we were definitely like seeing each other. We were like, oh, okay, like. I very much love this person, uh-huh. um, but definitely made some choices that I I feel I probably wouldn't make now. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if I were single now, I would not have made the choices that yeah. I made then, um, just morally. And yeah. also just to kind of protect myself and the other person from, like, just a world of pain. It was yeah. a very painful relationship Experience, yeah but uh yeah, i can understand how that'd be hard for oh everybody yeah everybody involved i mean i don't think that I, I think that i was poorly prepared to help somebody through that kind of mess mm-hmm. and also i have my own hang-ups and feelings about infidelity and i did not understand because i because i am not like i was raised like like with I don't know. Like I, I can be confrontational, and I can like be loud, and I can mm-hmm. be like, you know, and th- I think that that has really translated well into like who I am in relationships and who I am sexually. Yeah. But this poor person, Jesus! And they were no pun intended, but they were also raised <laughs> like kind of in a, I just like, like in a, um, like the little house in the prairie dresses type oh, Christianity. No. Oh no. Yeah.
1: I was like, my neighbors were like... Yeah. Like, they never wore, like, pants. They would just wear, mm-hmm. like, long skirts. Like,
0: yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dresses that were, like, handmade by their mom. Yeah. Um, and they weren't, like, like Amish, not at all. Yeah. It was, It was more, like, there it felt... There were some
1: felt- Christians who were, like, weird.
0: Yeah. It was like that. Yeah. And they've said to me that, you know, I, I was the like the catalyst for, mm-hmm. for all of their self-discovery, and they really appreciate that. Yeah. But also, it was a very painful relationship. And it yeah. was really, I was poorly prepared to mm-hmm. manage all that religious trauma. Yeah. And I don't think that I did a particularly good job. Um, instead, I was kind of like, what's wrong with you? For sure, I think, um, I definitely, and that's kind of when I talk to you, I think like, I don't have the kind of religious trauma that, especially when it comes to my relationship to my queerness or my relationship to anything based in sexuality I don't mm-hmm. feel like I feel like there was a challenge there but not at all yeah. to the level that that other people and I don't know if that's just the nature of the way that I was raised or the nature of Catholicism or you know I don't know I mean I do, I mean I kind of do know cuz I've seen the documentaries that yeah catholicism really fucks some other people up yeah um because of abuse sexual abuse but mm-hmm. i i came out unscathed that's good yeah yeah i mean that's
1: it's still bad that, bad that same it same happened yeah. still very
0: bad that it happened yeah, yeah but yeah but i i was not abused by anybody in like in a position of power in the catholic church so that's good lucky <laughs> Dr. Marlene Winnell, author of Leaving the Fold, identified religious trauma as a syndrome. Much of what I'm about to share is from her website, MarleneWinnell.net. I'll put a link in the show notes. So people who are struggling with leaving an authoritarian dogmatic religion and coping with the damage of indoctrination, they'll experience a shattering of personal meaning that they found in their faith and a breaking away from the controlling community. Religious trauma develops both from the abuses of harmful religion and also the impact of severing your connection to faith and a faith community. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, the bulk of my trouble leaving Catholicism was the depth of loss and grief I felt. And I couldn't talk about it with my family because it wasn't constructive. And my new queer friend group, they didn't understand what was going on because most weren't religious and never had been. But less for me than for some others, Their religious trauma comes from the confining, shaming, repressing, abusive iteration of the faith itself. Religious trauma is by definition PTSD. It can lead to poor critical thinking ability, negative self-image, perfectionism, depression, anxiety, anger, grief, loneliness, sexual difficulty, difficulty belonging. It creates gaps in knowledge of science and literature and pop culture, which can make you feel like you have no place anywhere. The doctrines of original sin and eternal damnation those cause the most damage because it creates this ultimate double bind. You're guilty and responsible and face eternal punishment, yet you have no ability to do anything about it. These are the teachings of fundamentalist Christianity. You have to conform to some mental test of believing in an external, unseen source for salvation, and you have to maintain this state of belief until you die. You can't ever stop sinning altogether, though, so you have to continue to confess, to be forgiven, hoping that you've met the criteria despite a complete lack of feedback about whether or not you'll actually make it to heaven. This creates an unending cycle of shame that only piously confessing can resolve. You can stop the cycle of abuse. But leaving the faith is a mixed blessing, pun intended there. Letting go of the need to conform is a huge relief, right? You can finally explore your identity, get to know yourself, and feel free to question, doubt, and wonder. But there's huge challenges too. The psychological damage doesn't vanish overnight. In fact, because the phobia of your young childhood is so powerful, the fear of hell can last a lifetime. Tyler has spoken to this very thing often and he identifies the compulsion to be a good Christian boy as a trigger for his OCD.
1: I was at church every Sunday, even as like a baby Mm -hmm. at like the nursery and stuff. And like, I liked it for like a little bit. Mm hmm because like they would have like games and stuff when I was like very little and then uh we had this thing called 56 which is for fifth and sixth graders okay and we had power hour which sounds like a workout but that was for like uh uh second third and fourth graders and they would like dance to Mm -hmm. like uh Contemporary worship music and they'd be on like the dance team and it'd be like, We the Jesus and they'd be like <laughs> doing all these things. And part of me wanted to be on the worship team, but I was too big of a pussy when I was like six. I had like I don't know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I was like very close with very many people, like they're mm-hmm. my age there. I just think called a wanna. Do you know what that is? No. It's like uh it's like an after It's like on Wednesdays where it's basically like a brainwashing uh, seminar with with games and candy.
0: (laughs) How does you spell that?
1: A W A. Wait. (laughs) A W A N A. Maybe there's two N's. I don't know.
0: And does it stand for anything?
1: So, oh, there's only one N. Approved Workman are not ashamed, which is like part of a Bible verse. So basically what Awana was where you come in, you sing like worship songs.
0: This says it equips local volunteers and churches around the world with biblical discipleship solutions. Yeah. And it's particularly for children.
1: Yeah. And I started that when I was like five, there's like three different like levels. You okay. Got a cubbies. Which are, like, you wear these, like, little vests. I still have my vest. I should bring in my vest. It's, like, a tiny little five-year-old vest. We'll
0: put that on the Instagram.
1: It's, like, um, <laughs> it's kind of, like, like, Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, but, like, you don't go outside. And it's, like, Jesus. Okay. Because you get, like, different, like, pins and stuff that you, like, put on, like, your shirt and, like, your vest.
0: Did you ever go to summer camp?
1: I went to, I wanted to, but, like, my parents were like, no, because we didn't have enough money.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> it is really expensive.
1: Yeah, it's, like, wait like, that's one of the ways, like, the religion, like, sucks people's money out of their pockets. It's like, send your kid to summer camp for, like, $400 for a weekend. Yeah. They were
0: like, no. I was yeah. a counselor at a Catholic camp for three summers, and honestly it was like the best time of my life yeah <laughs> i i'm i'm made to be a camp counselor yeah. I, that's like my entire personality still is camp counselor yeah, i
1: feel like yeah you would be a good camp counselor. yeah um so uh yeah we did that i did that for like seven years awana yeah every so when Lent- did you start how
0: old were you like five. Oh, okay so until no, you're won- about like 12 or 13
1: Maybe like eight years. Yeah, I think I was done when I was like 13. Okay. And I got the Timothy Award, which is like one of the highest things you can get from Moana. Okay. So there's like, I think there's like two years of Cubbies, two years of Sparkies, which is like...
0: You know what this sounds like? It sounds like a... A cult. Do you know what puppy play is? (laughs) No, I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Cubbies and Sparkies. Yeah. Uh um, it's
1: not like that but i mean who knows what's happening behind closed doors hey, in that well, church yeah. it's a pretty big church
0: i not kinking kink shaming anybody yeah puppy play has its place <laughs> makes me feel mad weird but
1: yeah i'm not into that
0: <laughs> all right so cubbies and sparkies and then, and
1: then tnt which is like the older kids okay like 10 through 13 year olds oh, okay and, um, I was thinking
0: like TNT, like uh, Wiley e. Coyote, and
1: yeah, that's I don't know what it it probably meant something, but I never bothered to ask. Are
0: you it. like we're the bomb? Do you say probably corny Christian like stuff that, like that?
1: Probably, and that's then that's four years, and um, so I did all eight years of that, and I got the wow. Timothy Award, and they like presented it to me. At, what like, is the, the Timothy
0: ceremony. Award? It's basically like you're the best little evangelist boy.
1: They didn't actually uh. Well, he obviously told us to bring friends, but, um, like, uh, so what it ma- mainly was, was like, you'd get these like books and they'd have Bible verses in them and like mm-hmm. things you should read. And, um, the goal, like the main goal of it, at least where I was at this particular wanna it was like, memorize these Bible verses and then you get like a reward for it. And like, if you get like enough rewards, you can like. Like, they'd have, like, a prize night, and Mm -hmm. they'd buy, like, toys and stuff, and, like, you'd have, like, stuff, like, to prove, like, in your books, and you'd have enough, like, money, like, fake money that you could, like, buy, like, toys.
0: Okay. There's something that seems... And maybe this... This is me maybe being, like, prejudiced, but there's something that seems, like, far more insidious about evangelical Christianity
1: than than
0: Catholicism, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, th- I
0: think that the Catholic Church, as an entity, yes, as an institution, yeah. is worse. Worse. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, mm. like, I think that probably there's a lot of creeps hiding out in Evangelical yeah. Christianity. It's just it. It's not like a huge overarching institution with like a city on a hill in Rome yeah. that's deciding, protecting right, and protecting pedophiles. people. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but then instead there's like now small factions probably protecting the yeah, pedophiles probably. and the abusers and the you know thieves and things like that but I it's more of an ideology thing mm-hmm. that I think or maybe just a cultural thing where I feel so much more uncomfortable,
1: I, I wanna, uncomfortable sketched Uneasy. out yeah, yeah about
0: the way that evangelical or fundamentalist mm-hmm. Christian kids are indoctrinated and the way that they're treated and then the the fallout from that and the recovery from that and I'm I'm maybe just framing this from my own experience and I am definitely framing it from my own experience but Mm. like I just I guess maybe like I feel particularly like I wouldn't be able to have as much comfortability in my queerness specifically if I had been raised like you were raised yeah so you said you were about 17 or 18 when you started to feel your faith slipping was there a particular event or it just was it related to meeting new people or new experiences or what was it that
1: um so like I there was a couple of things one of them was like i had like like very bad ocd at the time and like i was like not sleeping like at all and i was like that was probably like the time where i was like the most like sad like in my life like like 15 to like 17 and like i would like pray like a lot like at night like god take this away like, I want to, like, lean on you because that's what everyone would tell, to, tell me to do, you know? And, like, and it just, like, didn't go away. And that's, like, when I started getting, like, therapy from Christian <laughs> therapists. Okay. And, uh, and like, it just, like, wouldn't go away. And I was, like, wh- I know, like, people have it, like, way, way, way worse than I do. But, like, and then I was, like, I was, like, why is why is this happening to me? Because, like, I'm, like rang to you and like you said that you'd like help me out cause like I'm a child of God or whatever and also because I wanted to have sex and I was like there's no way when I was 17 that's when I said it I wasn't gonna save myself to, for marriage Okay. cause I was like a hormonal teen I was like I don't get what the point of waiting is cause my dad had told me that he got married super young, and one of the reasons why is because he wanted to have sex without it being
0: like a, a sin. sin, right?
1: Even when I was like younger, I was like, I don't get why that's like a thing. Mm-hmm. Cause like, sex to getting married because of se- like you want to have sex with somebody, so God don't be mad at you is like, I think possibly the worst reason to get married.
0: <laughs> well. Yeah, but it happens all the time.
1: I know that's why it's like so sad because like I know people who are like my age who are getting married who I know haven't had sex, right? And wait, and they're like super young.
0: There are times where I think that that works. I mean, yeah, works I mean, out for people, obviously, but like,
1: exceptions. Yeah, for everything, it's. But, like, I, I think it's. But then no. I guess like because like my dad waited to have sex and he got divorced, and I was taught like. Every like, my dad like with the Christian dating books and shit. Like, he taught me like, if you wait, your chances of getting divorced are like so low. Like, if you like wait to have sex and then you like only have sex with your wife, like your mm-hmm. chances of getting divorced are so low. And I was like, but you... that
0: doesn't really yeah makes sense.
1: Yeah. And I was like, but you you waited and it ended right. So I was like, why would I wait? for something that still not might work out, you know? So I think the combination of, like, those things... And, like, also, like, the anti-gay stuff, like, rubbed me the wrong way because I was like, like, why are we, like, treating these people like second-class citizens and, like, Mm -hmm. less than? I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, Jesus said to love everybody, and you're just, like, excluding people for no
0: reason. And, um, yeah. I think that that was mostly... It wasn't as personal for me. I just thought, like, how hypocritical Christianity Yeah, that came was. later for
1: me. Like, I didn't, like, yeah. that, like, pushed me over the edge of, like, like, I started, like, doubting, like, a lot. Like, it slowly, it was, like, a slow mm-hmm. process. Like, I was like, oh, I'm not going to wait to have sex till marriage. Oh, I don't like how they say this shit about gay people. Oh, I don't know if God exists. <laughs>
0: right, know? right. When I when I learned about Christian morals, they always used to talk about how we should avoid moral relativism and how moral, r- moral relativism, relativism is basically like your morality is relative to the situation. Like, uh, for example, it is 100% in the Ten Commandments against the laws of Christianity to steal. Yeah. But moral relativists would say that if uh, someone is starving, you could steal from a a rich person to feed your family. That's moral relativism. Uh, Uh, The Christianity that I was raised in really warned against moral relativism. There is uh, one law. There is one Christian law. Yeah. Which I think is is a big part of fundamentalist Christianity. However, there's like such a lack of introspection with that mm-hmm. where if if you are supposed to be somebody who feeds the sick and clothes the naked and yeah. just all of those what they call like the corporal works of mercy mm-hmm. if you're supposed to be that if that's the if that is the action that you're supposed to take as a person of the Christian faith then So many fundamentalists and evangelical Christians don't do that, and it's so frustrating to hear them talk about immigrants, and it's so frustrating to hear them talk about people on welfare, and it's so frustrating to hear them talk about like prosperity the gospel of prosperity and how they're supposed to have all this, these Mm -hmm. like massive riches, and it's basically that like God has just smiled down upon them, and they're not supposed to share them with anybody, and anybody who is receiving welfare assistance or is uh you know uh illegal immigrant i hate that word actually i can't believe i just said that but like anybody who has immigrated here and is like undocumented Mm. to hear christian people talk about the i don't know just like the moral incorrectness of that is it's just maddening. It's yeah. so despicable, yeah. and it makes me actually feel serious prejudice against yeah. Christians.
1: No, I can totally empathize with that. Thought. Yeah, like I've had discussions with my dad about like immigration, and I mm-hmm. was like, I was like, what do you think Jesus, like Christ, right, <laughs> would do, like in this situation? Like if you're like a Syrian refugee and your home is literally being blown up. And they want it to come somewhere that's safe. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jesus is gonna be like, "No, fuck you"? Do you think he's gonna say that? What he's is like, your dad? What's like, your dad's well, answer to like, that? Yeah, but we need to like protect like America and the people who are here legally. And I was like, "You're not like that." Wasn't like a
0: when people talk about the law, um, as far as you know the 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 civic law yeah. and violating civic law as somehow being a violation of Christian law yeah. or any religious law. It's it, it like turns my stomach. Yeah.
1: And there's literally like a verse like I think that like Jesus says like it's like follow the law unless like the law is like like hurting people. Basically. Right.
0: I mean <laughs> Nazi Germany yeah. had laws. Yeah, People who rescued Jewish children from the possibility of being put into concentration camps and dying Yeah, who ferreted children away by the hundreds. Some people were like actual heroes in that. Yeah. They violated the law. Can yeah. we talk about that? Can we talk about having any kind of historical perspective yeah. on what our laws yeah might say in or might be representative of in the future mm-hmm. so our laws that say it is absolutely illegal to cross the border with your children and fleeing gang violence or fleeing yeah. the possibility of pe- you know their their kids being uh, disappeared by Boko Haram like yeah that came into this country illegally they broke the law what yeah. what will history say about the moral value of that act versus the moral value of sending them away of deporting yeah. them
1: and putting them in cages and shit right i think what like trying to think of like how my dad's thinking i think it's like a tribalism type thing which is like literally not what jesus said at right all it's like it's like an us versus them i feel like in my dad's head mm-hmm. it's like christians slash americans versus non-christians and non-americans right and um he's like i think there should be a way they can come here legally but i was like they're if they wait they could die
0: right exactly it's
1: like, i that's that's another reason why i had, like, doubts, because, like, I feel like my own parents didn't, like, explore their own faith. Right, they just kind of bought everything hook, line, and sinker, whether
0: it's, you know, the, how Christians have aligned themselves with conservative politics, or how, which doesn't
1: Doesn't really
0: make a lot of sense to me. I mean, and the the Catholics that I still, I don't know, I feel um, kind of a an Affinity for what like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I am this kind of Catholic would be like the. I don't know if you know about the Catholic Workers, or I mentioned Helen Prejean, who is uh, have you ever seen Dead Man Walking? Uh, Helen oh. Prejean like visits people on death row and advocates for the end of the death penalty, yeah. Um, or and my um,
1: dad's pro death
0: penalty, I'm oh, sure he is, yeah, <laughs> or like uh, anti abortion, Philip and David Berrigan who like burn yeah. draft cards in the. Vietnam War, Vietnam War, or yeah. also like the they had the Plowshares organization that would stand on the like tarmac of mm-hmm. um airstrips so that they couldn't deploy any um, bombs or weapons. Like mm-hmm. those, those are Catholics. Philip and yeah, and Daniel Philip and Daniel Barrigan were both priests. Yeah, uh, Helen Parijan is a nun. Like these are the Dorothy Day who founded the the Catholic Workers. Like I think that there is a tradition of catholicism that is altruistic without being missionary yeah um and for you guys you guys i'm just like right yeah it's just like spread the word spread the word and without really helping yeah anyone
1: i remember one time in a 56 which was what the fifth and sixth grade thing was called um they had like a whole like sermon about like easter and like hell and like um and they gave out these like orange pieces of paper (laughs) and um there's like three options and uh it was like i have already chosen to accept jesus into my heart as my forever friend (laughs) or i have
0: it said that it said forever friend yeah
1: oh i have a pamphlet i hope i still have it it's so funny to me now (laughs) it's like how to become a follower of jesus how to accept him as your forever friend that's what they would say and um which sounds like so creepy you know Mm -hmm. this is my forever friend something out of like a satan movie. well
0: i mean and also it seems like a little just like juvenile for like yeah what are you fifth and sixth, like, like 10 and 11 yeah yeah like you could say that you accept Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Yeah. It doesn't have to be as your forever friend.
1: Yeah, I just like raise my hand, like, me your forever friend." That's gay. <laughs> <laughs> like, "Can't we just say and then Lord like, and gay, Savior?" Being gay is a sin. Yeah. we'll change it, Tyler. Don't worry. <laughs> but um, yeah, like even as like, I feel like I'm going on like a tangent. No, it's okay. Like um. Like, I learned about hell, like, super early on. Like, I remember having a conversation with my dad on the porch. And, like, uh, they would talk about the idea of eternity. Like, he's like, you can either go this way or you can go to hell. Right. And, like, I, that was, like, in me. Maybe even before, like, like four years old, maybe. Like, I was, like, learning about that. And um, and I, I, even as, like, a kid, I was, like... I asked my dad one day. I was like, I was literally like five or six years old, and my dad. I was like, but like, what if someone's like a good person and they just don't believe in Jesus? And he was like, they, still hell. They still go to hell. And I was like, that doesn't seem fair. Mm. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, it's not really that fair. And I was like, but that's the way it is. And I was like, okay. Better be a good boy for the next twelve years, <laughs> and then um, but yeah, that that I remember like a later on, like when I had that service about like hell and like Easter and how like they would talk graphically about how Jesus was like killed and stuff, mm-hmm. and then they gave it like like papers and they were like, "You've already chosen Jesus as your forever friend." I choose not to choose Jesus. No, I, I choose Jesus today as my forever friend, or I have already chosen Jesus in the past, or I want to wait and see what else is out there. Basically. Like I want to wait, what, wait what, to accept him later.
0: What if you answered, you wanted to wait and accept him later.
1: Then, uh, well, like we'd have like little like life groups Okay. with like a, like a adult and then like eight or nine like children. And, um, but I'm pretty sure, like, people were, like, scared to, like... Like, looking back, people were probably scared to pick, like...
0: I'm I, still thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because like, everyone else was literally, like, I've been a Christian for four years or, like, nine years. Right. I When I came out, I was already a Christian. Or some shit like that. And, like, I remember... Uh, I'll never forget this. Like, I picked, like, I've already accepted Jesus. And um we'd go around in a circle, and he was, like ask why they chose it mm-hmm. and i said because i'm scared because i'm going to hell if i don't
0: was there an adult that responded to that
1: he said that's not the best reason because <laughs> <laughs> they want you to like oh no it's because i love jesus and i just want to follow god but it's like no that I was, is really i, mean, I was like... fucking terrified that's K- why yeah. i don't want to like throw this word around but it's kind of like abusive oh yeah yeah.
0: i that's i that's why i keep saying religious trauma Mm -hmm. um whether or not you identify it as a traumatic experience yeah being a person of strong especially i think of fundamentalist faith and then being like kind of exiting that either because I like I said I frame it a lot from queerness I think a lot about like conversion therapy and that kind of stuff but also just the the shame and the fear mongering and the mm-hmm. the like I you know the manipulation of emotions and the uh, just I I find it to be one of the the most insidious ways that we that we fracture yeah. children. Yeah. Yeah. And I,
1: I mean, and like the scary part is like my parents thought like they're doing like a good thing. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah, And I mean, they probably still do and they feel like you've strayed yeah, instead of, and maybe, you know, maybe you have kind of, um, gone your own path and you're still learning your own lessons. Mm-hmm. I think we all are. I'm not saying like, Oh, I'm just wise old sage yeah. now that I'm, Almost forty.
1: To give myself some credit, I have made like a lot of progress over the last like three years. Oh yeah, I'm not like, saying that you yeah. haven't. It's just like yeah.
0: it's going to be a constant, yeah, challenge. I think, or not a constant challenge, but I think that there's still probably a Stuff lot that's of in there that yeah,
1: got to exercise these demons, right? <laughs> yeah, no,
0: the yeah. fun wasn't just like a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. Not just yeah. to, not you know not just for sexual things but like even like drinking or like experimenting with drugs or, yeah um any kind of dark thoughts that you have or like you with your ocd um or, you know just i think but then on the on the other hand there's are, there are people who find real solace mm-hmm. in their faith yeah so i, I just i think
1: I, it comes down to like whether or not like i've heard by some people like like oh i have like a personal faith which is like they do their own thing mm-hmm. like maybe they go to church maybe they don't but mm-hmm. they like believe like what they believe but they don't like spread it out to everybody and that i don't think they like some people i don't think they or like, they
0: don't engage in like absolutes yeah it's for like, themselves or for others yeah
1: yeah and like i don't think I would assume they don't like indoctrinate their kids and like tell them horrible things. Like, like I like people like that are like I have a personal faith. Like I don't talk about it. Like mm-hmm. this is what this is my mm-hmm. thing. I'm not trying to like convert anybody. Like I feel like that is like a good step because like I feel like once people get organized and like have a like, group think, which is like where like a lot of problems can right. happen. Right. Right. It's like so nice to not have to wake up on a Sunday morning. It's literally like the best feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, plus I hated church anyway. The last time I went to church was with my ex-girlfriend to see a Christian comedian who was the same Christian comedian I saw a few years back. And he literally did the same material. And he also tried to convert people at the end and sell his merchandise at the same time.
0: <laughs> well, that is the Christian way. Yeah, Sell and buy and evangelize.
1: Yeah, and yeah. then I started doing comedy, and now I'm a godless hedonist.
0: Yep. <laughs> well,
1: that's not true. I don't know what I am. I'm figuring it out, and I'm okay with that. Yep. Just trying to be better than I was yesterday.
0: So that was a lot to unpack. So much so that we're gonna put up another episode on the topic of religion next Sunday where we bring in an expert. We'll sit down with Megan Malick, a faith leader and certified clinical trauma professional to talk about preserving spirituality, if we want to, while navigating separation from formal religion. We wanna thank you so much for joining us and remind you that you can walk away from anything that doesn't serve you. There are so many ways, not just one, to be saved. Whether from chaos or the divine or whatever you believe, you are a sacred creation, regardless of dogma or creed or promise of salvation. And you're funny, but you knew that. I think my my ultimate goal in life is to be a person who lives the life that gets the God hates bags people to protest my funeral.